Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. The most valuable commodity I know of is information. Wouldn't you agree? Wouldn't you agree? I got $5. This is a run to the left. How many tackles can one man break? <laughs> You're saying that humans need fantasy to make life bearable. Humans need fantasy to be human. Ooh, my goodness. That was good. You guys are pros. The best. Relentless refusing to give up. All right, hit that horn, babe. Let's dance. What up, everybody, and welcome to the Super Wild Card Weekend Fantasy Flex Props Podcast presented by Prize Picks. I am your host, Chris Raybon, joined as always by my dude, Sean Kerner. Sean, what's going on? So that's what we're calling it now, the Super Wild Card Weekend? I mean, we got a Monday game, so I think it's only I right. love it. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. So, yeah, three days of playoff football, can't beat it. Um, coming off a hot, hot week 18 for both of us, so let's keep it rolling. Yeah, man. Uh, hopefully we get to watch some games together this weekend. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's let's start with the we'll do our top 10 props as always. Obviously, you know, only six games, a little less of a selection, but we'll still try to find our top 10 uh, within that. But we'll start with the Monday night showdown slate. If you want a breakdown uh, of the Saturday and Sunday slates, be sure to listen to our main slate podcast, which already dropped uh, where we cover that in depth here. We're just going to focus on the Monday slate and then go into the props so sean we got the cardinals we got the rams in la these teams split uh in the regular season uh the rams look like they're four point favorites at most sports books total around 49 49 and a half depending on the book uh what are your thoughts for the captain spot here i mean obviously cooper cup uh should be the chalky captain of course you know when he needed 136 yards to break the record last week he ended with 118, so I'm assuming this week he'll go over 136 uh, just to spite us. Um, so I think he's he's a no-brainer, but I, I, I like going with Kyler Murray here. I just think especially in the playoffs, you know, he's going to lean on his legs even more. Um, so I think he has the highest ceiling, and, you know, he might not be too highly rostered in the captain slot, so I, I think I'm going to go with Kyler. Uh, another sneaky captain play would be, you know, to sort of fade Kyler and go with James Conner this could be a game where Connor gets, you know, two or three rushing touchdown and just screws over, you know, Kyler in the passing game. So I think Connor is probably the sneaky uh, captain play, but uh, I, I think uh, Kyler will be my most popular one. Yeah, it's this is a tricky one because on one mm-hmm. hand you have Kyler and, you know, first time quarterbacks in the playoffs tend to do really poorly. But on the other side, you have Matthew Stafford 
And Matthew Stafford tends to do really poorly against winning teams. So it's like, what's going to happen? Something's got to give here. Uh, but I think, I think Kyler, just because of his rushing upside, kind of changes it because I think both of these quarterbacks are a threat to throw for 300 yards, you know, potentially, you know, three touchdowns in this game. Uh, but Kyra's legs really separate um, him from from Stafford. And uh, I think, yeah, uh, Cooper Cup, obviously, uh, on the Rams side. And and I like that Connor call. I'll talk about him in a second uh, when we get to the DFS cheat. Because actually, yeah, let's get into that right now. Uh, who do you like, you know, a little further down uh, on uh, to fill out your lineups? I mean, there, there's not too many low-key options on this slate. There's just a ton of good players. But I think Antoine Wesley obviously sticks out. His roster ship will probably be pretty high at this point. Everybody knows who he is. He has, you know, three touchdowns in the past four games. But I do like, you know, pairing him with Kyler, um, you know, like have uh, Christian Kirk or Zach Ertz um, and fade one of them for Anton Wesley. Like, that's kind of how I'm approaching this. Um, so, you know, Wesley for the Cardinals side and then Tyler Higby on the Rams side. You know, I've been waiting for Tyler Higby to break out for like 10 weeks now. And he finally did last week. It, it looked like he had suffered like a season ending knee injury. And then he came in and caught a touchdown. Uh, he looked really good after that. So uh, he had six catches for 55 yards, two touchdowns. That's three straight games now with five or more catches. Uh, so I think Tyler Higby on the Rams side is probably my cheat code. Yeah. And uh, I, I think uh, AJ green is another guy, you know, you mentioned Wesley, AJ green's been really good against zone coverage. The Rams mm-hmm. play zone uh, at the third highest rate. And uh, you know, they don't really have a choice at this point. I mean, their secondary is banged up. Yes, they have Ramsey, but, you know, they just signed Eric Weddle uh, to play safety. He hasn't played since before COVID. So, uh, you know, it's like this. I don't think they have a choice but to play zone coverage. The Cardinals uh, are about two, 2.2 yards better per attempt against zone than man. Uh, and A.J. Green is their, has been their best receiver against zone coverage this year. He's been even better than DeAndre Hopkins in his two games against the Rams this year, uh, five sixty-seven and one, and then seven for one hundred and two. So I think AJ Green is a guy who I'm going to have a lot of in there. And then I like that Connor call. I like stacking them actually with the Cardinals defense um, because I think you know Connor he's really going to shine in the red zone. I think you know you'll see kind of a mix of the two backs, you know, otherwise, but in the red zone it's going to be the Connor show. And I think pairing them with a a correlated play, like the defense, you know, Matthew Stafford just hasn't been as good over these last nine weeks. His yards per attempt dropped from 9.1 to 7.3 touchdown interception ratio over the first eight weeks, 22 to four. The last uh, nine weeks, it was just uh, 19 to 13. So his interceptions have tripled. He's holding onto the ball for 0.24 more seconds per drop back. So I think the Cardinals defense, their top five, their top six in DVOA, uh, fifth against the pass. So this is a really good uh, Cardinal defense. And I think, uh, I think they could, you know, cause some problems for Matthew Stafford uh, in this spot who just hasn't been as good. So I uh, really like them. And then I think a guy like Cam Akers, um, mm. you know, we don't really know what his workload is going to be like, but that's the point, right? It's like the uncertainty of, yeah, Sony Michelle could still get, you know, his 70%, 80% uh, snap share, but this, they, Scam makers could also get the 70 to 80%. Like we just don't know here because they kind of eased him in, in in that first game back, but he's, he was kind of their offensive centerpiece uh, or at least intended to be, you know, heading into the season. So um, I think he's pretty intriguing as well. Yeah. I love the acres call. How many um, carries are you projecting for him right now? Right now? I still think I have him getting like 
let's see, about 35%, 40%, but like he could, that could double. Like, you know what I mean? There's like, yeah, the he ceiling, has his, white, his range of outcomes. Is yeah. A lot yeah. wider than most guys. Yeah. Um, so is that seven to eight carries you said? Yeah. Around, I think around seven carries. Okay. Yeah. I'm in line with that, but exactly like you said, it could flip this week. He could see 15 plus carries and Sony Michelle is the backup. You, you don't know. So I do like that call going into a one game slate. Uh, yeah. Just getting a player with that wide range of outcomes is usually the smart play. Yeah. And I should note, like in the two games that these teams faced off, Cardinals should have really won both of them. Uh, Cardinals outgained the Rams in both games. Uh, and t- in total, Cardinals 912 total yards to the Rams 777. Uh, so it just makes sense to kind of load up on Cardinals here. Uh, maybe the uh, roster ship is skewed a little more toward the Rams. So. Um, you know, any of those Cardinals guys, I think it's just worth noting. All right. Uh, let's get into our top 10 props of the week. We're using the lines at prize picks. Sean, start us off with your quarterback prop for wild card weekend. So I'm going with Derek Carr over 240 and a half passing yards against the Bengals. Um, the Raiders have the second highest passing rate when trailing. So considering the Raiders are five point underdogs, I think this could be a pass heavy game script. Uh, the increase in pass attempts will translate to yards for Derek Carr. So love the over here. And, you know, he has Darren Waller back. They were kind of off last week. I think that was due to a bit of rust. They should be a little bit more in sync here. Um, so so I love the over 240 and a half passing yards for Carr. I have it projected closer to 260. So I think this line's a bit off. Yeah, I'm sure it's just like to do with the weather concerns. That's got to mm-hmm. be it because this number, I think it was a little higher earlier in the week too. Uh, 240 is is extremely low, but... Yeah, one way or another, it's the playoffs. You're not leaving anything out there. You're not. Yeah. You're not going to just like go super run heavy and conservative now, especially if you're trailing. Uh, all right, for me, I'm going Matthew Stafford over 270 and a half passing yards, and this kind of fits the narrative I'm talking about, where the Cardinals actually have outplayed the Rams in both of these games. Uh, for much of that, for much of the games, they just made some mistakes. But I don't know if we're going to necessarily see a positive game script for Stafford just because. Uh, the Rams are favored at home. This is also one of the two indoor games this weekend, and it should be played at a fast pace, which always is going to help passing yards. Uh, you got the Rams fourth in situation neutral pace, according to football outsiders, and the Cardinals are seventh. And we know that they, you know, they always want to go fast. So uh, you have two teams in the top seven in pace. Uh, Stafford's been over 278 in 12 of 17 games and the Cardinals tend to not give up a ton of passing yardage. I mentioned they're a pretty good defense, but Stafford 287 and 280 uh, in two games versus the Cardinals. So he's been over this number uh, in, in both. I have it in the high two seventies. I bet it's about two seventy-seven and a half here because I, I just think that this is going to, you know, it's the playoffs going to have to be a pass every game and he might turn it over a couple of times with what he's been doing, which just increases the need for more passing yeah. yards. So, uh, yeah, Stafford over 270 and a half. Yeah, I'm with you. I have uh, low 280s. And, mm-hmm. yeah, he has um, two or more interceptions and in three straight now. Um, and, like, when it comes to pick sixes, those are actually great for overs when it comes to passing yards because they get the ball right back, and it's even more of a trailing game script. So uh, I, I don't think the turnovers hurt him here. If anything, they help. So, yeah, I love the over as well. Yeah, I would love a pick six for my Cardinals plus four and a half. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I would love that. Uh <laughs> All right, where are you going at running back? I'm going with Elijah Mitchell over 71 and a half rushing yards against the Cowboys. Um, the 49ers lead the league in early down rush rate and neutral situations, and that's essentially what this game's going to be. I think it's going to be a close game throughout. And, you know, what better way to keep the Cowboys offense on the sideline than just 
you know, pounding the rock, sustaining these long drives that the 49ers have been doing for over a month now. So I think they're going to lean on Elijah Mitchell. He's played through injuries all season, so I'm not too concerned about his knee injury. They like to just ride him hard and then give Debo Samuel the extra work. So, um, you know, I'm projecting this in the low 80s. So I think this is about 10 yards off. But again, he's one of those players that has a really high floor. He's gone over this in six of the past eight games. Again, dealing with injuries through all of those games anyway. Um, So I think this is a spot where the, you know, the Cowboys defense is sort of a run funnel one anyway. They rank second in DVOA against the pass, 16th versus the run. So there's just too many factors uh, to like Mitchell to, to avoid this. So I love over 71 and a half rushing yards. It's, there's like an under game. The more I look at it, where it's just like the, the Niners are just going to try yeah. to bleed the clock and hand oh, yeah. it to Mitchell and Samuel. Like, and that's like, I, don't, I still don't think they match up well in the past game. So this is, uh, that's, it's going to be crucial that they are able to, to run the ball. So I think that'll be the plan. Uh, yeah, although, yeah, handing it off to Samuel doesn't do a good job bleeding the clock because he usually takes it to the house. Right. Yeah. It's, like, <laughs> it's all good. But yeah, they're going to be just running it, I, I think, a ton just to, to keep the Dallas offense on the sideline. Uh, for my first running back prop, I'm going Joe Mixon over uh, 0.5 rushing touchdown. So essentially Joe Mixon to score at least one rushing touchdown. He's done so in 10 of 17 games overall, but seven of the nine home games that the Bengals have played. We know running backs tend to do uh, best as home favorites, and that's what the Bengals are here. So uh, like Mixon in the spot to score and look at the Vegas defense. Yes, they've been better against the run as of late. But on the season, they still allowed 16 rushing touchdowns to opposing running backs. That's the fifth most uh, in the NFL. So like Mixon to find the end zone at least once. And remember, this is Joe Burrow going against the zone heaviest team in the NFL. The Bengals shred man coverage. They're a little more, they're still great against zone, but they're a little more, you know, they're good instead of like all world ridiculous, you know, Jamar Chase going for 200 yard type uh, against against zone. Against man, that's when they really go off. So uh, expecting Mixon to find the end zone here uh, at least once. Yeah, I'm surprised they're offering a, a prop for this. Usually they're pretty good with these rushing props, you know, half a rushing touchdown. Um, usually I'm in line with them, but right now I have Mixon uh, close to a 0.8 rushing touchdown. So this should be like, uh, you know, minus 140, minus 150 type prop. And they're offering it, you know, at a coin flip. So love the over here as well. Yeah. And I mean, I, you know, obviously, you have to, you're always entering it at prize picks with a second prop. You have to at least parlay it. So yeah. that's, that's why I think the, it's a little more, but yeah, I have, I have him at 0.79. So I'm right in line yeah. with you. That definitely equates to over a 50% chance of at least yeah. one. Uh, where are you going with your second running back? Prop? Uh, I'm sticking with these touchdown props. Um, I'm going with Clyde Edwards Hilaire under 0.5 touchdowns. So that's, that's rushing and receiving combined. Um, you know, I'm only projecting him for 0.4 touchdowns total, um, you know, which is about a 60% chance of going under this. Um, this is a game where he could be limited due to this shoulder injury. You know, they, they love Daryl Williams. You talked about that on Tuesday's podcast. And they also have Derek Gore, um, who's been playing well of late. So, you know, this is a game where they could limit him. Um, so, this, you know, he has three carries inside the five-air line all season and all three he converted to a touchdown. Um, so he is due for some, you know, regression when it comes to that stat to begin with. But especially since he's dealing with the shoulder injury, I don't think they give him goal line work here. I think they just stick with a Daryl Williams if they get in that situation. But even then, the Chiefs love playing, you know, coming up with gimmicky plays around the goal line anyway. So I, I just don't see where Edwards Hilaire is going to get his touchdown, uh, maybe in the passing game. But uh, just he could be limited here. So I'm, I'm projecting this about a 60 percent chance that he uh, 
doesn't score a touchdown here. Yeah, there's just there's a lot of uncertainties to his workload. But uh, you know, in the past we have seen Williams kind of step up and and yeah, I think Edwards aware he's just not going to get many opportunities, at least in a run game. Like the, the most dangerous is probably if he gets a, a catch at this point, but yeah. Um, you know, he's been stuffed so many times. I know he's what three for three this year, but he's been, we've seen him stuffed so many times uh, yeah. down, down in close. So, uh, all right. For my second running back prop, I'm going with Leonard Fournette over 60 and a half rushing yards. Uh, taking advantage of this number. Cause it's, I think, you know, the, people are a little worried cause he hasn't been out there in a while, but they fully kind of, you know, expected to activate him for the playoffs. And now you have Ronald Jones doubtful and Gio Bernard, mm-hmm. Bernard activated. So in the past, if Fournette was going to come out of the game, a lot of times it would be, you know, uh, as a rusher and Ronald Jones would go in, you know, for him and Fournette would get all the receiving work. But now, given the guys that are healthy, it seems like Fournette would get all the rushing work. And if you did give him a breather, it would be in the pass game because you'd have Bernard. So uh, I think this is going to be a pretty, you know, a big volume game for Fournette in the run game. He's gone over this uh, 67, actually. He's gone 67 or more in six of his last 11 games. Uh, he also had 63 or more in three or four postseason games last year. And 20-mile-per-hour uh, wins expected in Tampa, maybe even 30. So this could be a run-heavy game script. Tampa Bay is favored by more than a touchdown. Uh, and in the first matchup they played in week six, Fournette, 22 carries, 81 yards, two touchdowns. So uh, they leaned on him in that first matchup. I think they plan to do so again, especially with Jones doubtful. Like you're just not handing a ball to, you know, Keyshawn Vaughn, Kenyon Barner, Le'Veon Bell, whoever else is on that, on that roster in, in a postseason game. Yeah, I love this, Colin. Would, would you double down and maybe attack the under on his receiving yards? Or just given the weather, maybe... Yeah, I don't think I want any Lenny, Lenny unders. It's this is playoff Lenny time, man. Like this, he's yeah. fresh. He got fresh legs. Like now, nah, I don't want any. And I don't you're want anything him, to do with the under. You're, you're getting him cheap because this is assuming he's you know somewhat limited. So yeah, yeah. I agree. Just anytime you get playoff Lenny at a discount, you do it. So I, I'm with you on the over here as well. All right, let's go to receiver. Who you got as your first one? Well, I, I'm sticking with Zay Jones over 38 and a half receiving yards. And I think this correlates perfectly with my Derek Carr over, um, you know, Darren Waller coming back does impact Zay Jones target share, but I think he really impacts Hunter Renfro's the most. And we already saw that happen last week. Uh, but Zay Jones, he's been really consistent, you know, five or more catches and five straight. So I think in a potentially trailing game script where I already mentioned the, the Raiders throw at the second highest rate when trailing. Uh, this is another perfect spot for Zay Jones, who I think has established himself as a high floor player, which is really weird to say. Uh, but I'm projecting this closer to 45 and a half. So I love the over uh, 38 and a half receiving yards. Yeah, I'm around uh, 41 and a half. So I'm a little lower, but uh, still over uh, as well. You know, I think I think Waller is going to rebound. I think Renfro still get his like five catches. But Jones mm-hmm. has also been getting what, like four or five catches every week now, too. Yep. So uh, it's just a matter of hoping at least one of them is like, you know, a first down type of catch. So you can get that, that chunk there on that one. And yep. then you're good. Uh, for my first receiver prop, I'm going with, I mean, they call him a receiver. He really does everything. But Debo Samuel, over 26 and a half rushing yards against the Cowboys. He's had 29 or more in seven of the past eight games. He's averaging 6.6 carries over that span. And I think his carries might actually go up because Last time, the only time Samuel was in the postseason was 2019 as a rookie. 
He averaged 0.9 carries per game during the regular season, and that more than doubled to two carries per game uh, in the playoffs. So here, I think he might get an extra carry or two. I don't think it'll double, but I think he'll get an extra carry or two, even compared to what he was doing down the stretch here. And uh, in that last postseason, even on that those two carries per game, he still cleared 43 yards in two of the three playoff games. So, I mean, he like you said, he might not need more than a couple here to get that big game because they saved their best like schemed runs for him for, for this time of year. So I uh, love Debo over 26 and a half rushing yards. I take this at anything under 30. Yeah. Like I said, giving the ball to Debo uh, in a direct handoff, isn't a good way to run out the clock. Cause sometimes he takes into the house, but this prop just feels too easy. It seems like those taco Tuesday props on prize picks, you know, where they, they yeah. offer like LeBron James, his, his points prop 10 points lower <laughs> than the market like it kind of feels like this it almost feels like cheating so um love the over here you, you have to assume first round of the playoffs they're just going to give Debo um even more uh carries so yeah I love this over as well all right where are you going with your second receiver prop uh so I'm going with Jacoby Myers over 40 and a half receiving yards um this is a spot where Mac Jones might be forced to throw a little bit more than he'd like um so this could be a pass heavy game script against the Bills uh, I understand it's going to be freezing there um, but you know, Jacoby Myers is his top target. Uh, his ADOT has gone up, uh, the past several games, but if needed, they can target him underneath. So I think this is a perfect spot for him. And he's gone over in five of the past seven games. Granted, one of those was the fluky game where Mac Jones only attempted three passes. So I'm throwing that one out and saying he's gone over in five of six games. Uh, but just, he's a high floor player where, you know, anytime I see his prop a little bit too, like this 40 and a half. Uh, I love going over. I'm projecting him closer to 48 and a half, uh, but I think the chances of going over this are closer to like 58, 60%. So give me the over 40 and a half receiving yards for Jacoby Myers. Yeah, I'm about 42.5. So yeah, I'm still over this. Not as, again, not as much as you, but um, I am over it. I think that, you know, he's still their number one receiver. Uh, I know that that one game where he, <laughs> they didn't throw, <laughs> did come against the Bills, but. Yeah, I just don't think they're going to be able to do that again. It's because it's, it, the thing is, it's going to be cold, but it's not as windy. It's not, you know, it's not yeah, like it's, the same type of game. So like, that's all it is, is right. Just five degrees. Yeah, yeah that's, that's no tough, big deal. Yeah. Right? What yeah. is it here in California? 72. Give me a break. Yeah, it's great. It's great. Um, how <laughs> many passing yards do you have Mac Jones for? Just curious, because that's kind of leading into this is I, I'm at like 200. Uh, but uh, then- 200 mean or 200 median? Uh, it's uh, for passing yards is the same thing, really. Uh, I have them at about, I have them at 195. Okay, 195. Yeah, uh, price picks is at like 190 now. So they are lowering like all the passing projections uh, for this game, which, which does make sense. But I just think Myers, they probably just went a little bit too far. Yeah, I think, I mean, for my median for Jones, I'd have them at about 191 and a half. So yeah, yeah. I mean, it's yeah, right in line with what price picks is throwing okay. out there. Um, so yeah, it's really going to come down to the game script. You know, I, I think. Belichick would probably like it if Jones was under this because that oh, probably means yeah. they're winning, you know? So <laughs> yeah. no, Belichick would want under a hundred for sure. Right. <laughs> um, all right. For my second one, uh, this is one I also talked about on the action network NFL podcast with Stucky, which is out now. Uh, CJ Usoma under 23 and a half receiving yards. Uh, he's had 20 or less in four of the last seven, but the real key here, two things. One Vegas is the most zone heavy defense in the NFL. Usoma averages, uh, 0.97 yards per route against zone coverage compared to 1.67 against man. So he drops about uh, 
seven tenths of a, a yard per route, that's, which is massive. Uh, he averages 19 yards per catch against man, but only uh, seven and a half against zone. His A dot, his average depth of target against man coverage is 8.8, but against zone, it's only 3.6. So he could catch three, four balls uh, and still go under this number with a 3.6 A dot. Uh, and then the second thing is that there's no Riley Reese for the Bengals. Max Crosby is just an insane man, you know, pass rushing. He has like no quit in him. He's going to be out there every snap. So what's Soma going to have to do? Chip, because you can't take Higgins off the field. You can't take Chase off the field. You can't take Boyd off the field. You can't take Mixon off the field. And you don't want to really take those guys out of the route either. So by default, Soma is kind of the expendable guy in this passing game that's probably going to have to help on Max Crosby and that, and that Raider pass rush on the edge. So I think I don't think he's going to be able to do much in a pass game. In the first mat- meeting, uh, he had three targets, two catches, nine yards against the Raiders. So uh, like Usoma under 23 and a half, I, I take this anything above 20. Yeah, you're you're braver than me. I, I've avoided Uzoma props for a while now. He's such a wide range of outcomes guy. I'm projecting him slightly over, but I do like your point about, you know, needing him to stand and block a bit more. Um, do you think that that also means that maybe Drew Sample gets more playing time as well? Because he's, he's a better blocking tight end, right? I don't think so, because I, I think they still want Usoma out there for the, at yeah. least the threat. And like I said, I think they're, the Bengals, it's kind of like the Rams, or it's pretty straightforward. It's like you got your three receivers, you got your tight end, and then, you know, whoever's in there in the backfield. But, like, it's really like you don't really want to take any of those guys off the field. So I, I think yeah. he'll be in there. I just don't think he'll be uh, – a part of the game plan in the passing game, and unless you're talking about maybe he could get like a red zone catch. Like I wouldn't be surprised if he gets like a two yard yeah. touchdown catch or something like that. But I just don't think he's going to be like a guy going down the field up the seam often because I think you're going to want to use him to to open things up, you know, for the other guys via his you know blocking. So yeah, it makes sense. And it, you know, if you take the the point spread at its word, you know, they. Uh, the Bengals are favored by five or six points. Um, you know, if it's a positive game script, I don't expect them to be targeting Uzoma too much. Yeah. You just got to yeah. love that they wasted a second round pick on a guy like Drew Sample a couple years ago. Uh, yeah. For a blocking tight end that they probably won't even use in this spot. I mean, does, I mean I'm, I'm pretty sure he plays like special teams, so he's probably valuable to them still. <laughs> yeah, you well, know, he, you know that second goes. round pick on a special team blocking tight end. Same thing. Hey man, he's, he, he plays, yeah, he's played, yeah, he's played a bunch of, yeah, he plays on all their special teams units. They're like, yeah, kick return, punt coverage, not much punt return, but yeah, three out of the four teams. I mean, you know, <laughs> good for him. Bill Belichick, you know, he, he would stress, you know, the importance of good special, like look at guys yeah. like Jacob Johnson, like one day Drew Samples yeah. is going to be like a household name, just like probably like <laughs> probably confirmed to fullback or something. Is like Jacob Johnson a household name? Did I miss that? Oh, yeah. If you it don't know Yako Johnson? I mean, come no, on. No, no, I do. I do. I, I'm saying, is he a household name? <laughs> no, I he's obviously not. <laughs> in, in Bill Belichick's household. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> to recap, uh, Sean is going with Derek Carr over 240 and a half passing yards against the Bengals. Elijah Mitchell over 71 and a half rushing yards against the Cowboys. Clyde Edwards, Elaire under 0.5 touchdowns against the Steelers. Zay Jones over 38 and a half receiving yards against the Bengals and Jacoby Myers over 40 and a half receiving yards against the Bills. I'm going Matthew Stafford over 270 and a half passing yards against the Cardinals. Joe Mixon over 0.5 rushing touchdowns against the Raiders. Leonard Fournette over 60 and a half rushing yards against the Eagles. Debo Samuel over 
26 and a half rushing yards against the Cowboys and CJ Usoma under 23 and a half receiving yards against the Raiders. Next up here on the Fantasy Flex is a segment we call Elite Entries, where Sean and I dive into the Prize Picks app and compare our player projections to the props to build some entries. Sean, what's your first Prize Pick Elite Entry for today? Uh, so I'm going with Derek Carr over 240 passing yards against the Bengals. Um, you know, the Raiders are five point underdogs here, and we've seen the Raiders, you know, become really pass heavy and trailing game scripts. They're second in the league and pass rate when trailing. So I think, you know, the extra attempts here is huge. Love the over here. I'm projecting it closer to 260 and a half. So I think we have about 20 yards of value on the over. All right, for my first prize picks of lead entry for today, I'm going Debo Samuel over 26 and a half rushing yards. He's been over this in seven of the past eight games. In the last postseason, his carries doubled uh, from the regular season. So I think Debo Samuel is going to continue to get fed here. And he's averaging over six yards per carry. Cleared this in two of his last three postseason games by a mile. Actually had 43 plus uh, in two of his three prior career postseason games. So Debo Samuel over 26 and a half rushing yards against the Cowboys. Sean, where are you going with your second prize picks elite entry for today? So even though I love your Debo over, I'm also taking Elijah Mitchell over 71 and a half rushing yards. I just think the 49ers are going to pound the rock here. That's the best way to keep the Cowboys offense on the sideline. The 49ers lead the league in early down rush rate and neutral situations. So um, I don't see them getting away from that here. Uh, Mitchell's been playing through injuries all season. So I, I know he's dealing with a knee injury, but that hasn't impacted him one bit when he's been active. He still gets you know, over 80% of the rush attempts uh, when active. Um, so he's gone over this in six of the past eight games, and I see that trend continuing. I'm projecting him closer to 80 and a half rushing yards. Uh, so I love the over 71 and a half rushing yards for Elijah Mitchell. Yeah, if the Niners win the toss, we could be halfway there on both of these <laughs> by the time the first drive is over. Oh, uh, I would love if, that. Like, they, they, they want the whole game to just be a neutral situation. Like, <laughs> one drive per quarter. Yes. That's it. Uh, all right. For my second prize picks elite entry for today, I'm going with Matthew Stafford over 270 and a half passing yards against the Cardinals. Uh, Stafford's been turning the ball over a little bit, which actually helps his passing yardage prop because even though he's a favorite, I don't think it's a true situation where he may have to uh, throw less. He's been over this number in both games against the Cardinals this year, uh, 280 and 287 in the two games. So like Matthew Stafford to go over and what should be a fast paced indoor game here no weather conditions. Uh, one of the best overs, I think, on the board in terms of passing yardage uh, along with car. So going Stafford over 270 and a half passing yards. That's going to do it for our prize picks elite entry for today. To recap, Sean's going with Derek Carr over 240 and a half passing yards and Elijah Mitchell over 71 and a half rushing yards. I'm going with Debo Samuel over 26 and a half rushing yards and Matthew Stafford over 270 passing yards. As a reminder, prize picks markets do move, so you want to get on it quickly in order to lock in the best numbers. If you have not created a prize picks account yet, check out the link in our episode description. They'll match your first deposit up to $100, or you can visit prizepicks.com and use the promo code ACTION10. That's A-C-T-I-O-N-1-0. All right, now back to the show. Uh, that's going to do it for this show. Again, if you want a breakdown of the Saturday and Sunday slates, check out the main slate pod on this channel, which has already released. Uh, we'll be back next week to break down the 
uh, slates for the uh, divisional round. You can find Sean on Twitter at the underscore oddsmaker. You can find me at Chris Raybon, and you can find us at those same handles in the free award-winning Action Network app. Be sure to check actionnetwork.com for our fantasy and betting content and fantasy labs for our DFS content tools and models. Be sure to leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple or Spotify. Until next time, let's get this money.